You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast for Monday, May the 23rd of 2022. I am the host of the show, Lucas Smith. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen of the day each and every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before because Bet Online is indeed where the game starts. St. Louis Cardinals took care of business this weekend in overall dominating fashion. Got a couple of close games Friday and Saturday, but still overall pretty solid, especially with the 18 4 victory here on Sunday. Morning baseball, as the Cardinals played on Peacock, I'll voice my frustrations with that in a little bit. But I'm starting positive, as I always do on the show, so thanks for tuning in. We're just going to go ahead and get right into it, because this Cardinal team is one that needed momentum, because they had none of it. You lose three out of four to New York. The last game was via the walk-off blast against your closer. After you took the lead in the top of the 10th, after you clawed and scratched your way back a couple times prior... It was a demoralizing loss. The Cardinals, if they had any momentum before that series, it was all gone. So this series, well, yes, it was against the Pirates. So I understand that, yeah, Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh, and they're not super strong. It still is a series that was important for St. Louis. And it was an important one on a couple different notes, because like I said, you needed to get the momentum back that you had lost. But you also needed to prove, even if it was a struggled series, you needed to prove that you could beat these kind of teams like the Pittsburgh Pirates. And like, you know, Ethan and I talked about it on Friday. If you missed it with Locked On Pirates, uh, this Pirate team is playing better than what I thought they were going to do. This Pirate team is not the bottom of the division. They're not last place. They're, they're doing good things. But this is still a team that, if you're a playoff team, you need to be able to take care of business. And the Cardinals did just that over the weekend. You throw in the fact that it was on the road as well. The Cardinals were able to beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. That's another positive, because outside of starting pitching, the Cardinals really impressed on every facet of the game this weekend. I know Wainwright pitched extremely well on Friday, as he tends to do in Pittsburgh, but you saw Matthew Libertor have some solid stuff, but overall, underwhelming, I thought, but his his, his stuff and his performance, I think, was better than what his line was going to show. And then the starting pitching of Steven Matz today, or yesterday, Sunday, was non-existent because he only threw four pitches. So Rondon, I guess you could count that as a start. But bottom line, the Cardinals did everything well this weekend, really, except for starting pitching. The offense was a plus. The bullpen was phenomenal. They, they stepped up in every way you could have wanted them to this weekend. And I'll talk about specific positives. But the biggest point, the biggest takeaway for me is that this is a series the Cardinals needed to take care of business in. We've been talking about it for the last week, week and a half or so off and on here on Locked on Cardinals, that... The schedule after this Pittsburgh series is borderline a gauntlet. You've got two games against Toronto, an off-day Wednesday, a four-game series against Milwaukee, and then three against San Diego. The third of that San Diego series takes place in June, so to close out the month, it's just the two. The only good thing about that, about the, the, the schedule the Cardinals have upcoming, is that all these games that I just mentioned, they're all at home. This is a big homestand. If you guys can go out and, and, and see a game or two, 10 out of 10 would recommend because it's going to be some good baseball, in my opinion. And it, it, we're going to really see what the Cardinals are really made of in the next week and a half. 
But nevertheless, this series was a huge win for the Cardinals, not only on the baseball field, but on the intangible side of things as well. Paul Goldschmidt remained hot, and he was able to get an off day on Sunday. You saw Albert get back into the swing of things with a couple home runs. Bullpen was able to regain some confidence on Saturday and Sunday. A win in just about every column. You've got some concerns that I'll talk about in a little bit. But this is the momentum they needed. They've got all the momentum in the world as they now get ready to face the Toronto Blue Jays for two games uh, on Monday and Tuesday. And man, they've got a tough pitching matchup because tomorrow it's Jose Barrios. His numbers aren't great, but Barrios has some phenomenal stuff. And then on Tuesday, the Cardinals face Kevin Gossman, who is one of the better pitchers in baseball this season on a Cy Young track. And when you look at the Blue Jays specifically, you know, what kind of momentum are they coming in to this series with as I get it pulled up here? Just a moment. I beg your apologies. Well, they lost to Cincinnati on Sunday, 3-2. to two. Listen to Locked on Reds. They did take the series. But they're coming in with, with a, a good amount of momentum. Two weekends ago, the 13th through the, f- the 15th, they lost 2-3 to Tampa Bay. So that's kind of a bummer for them. And they had lost two, three games prior to that, two of them to New York. Then they took 2-3 out of three against Seattle. And now they've taken 2-3 against Cincinnati. So a little bit of momentum for the Blue Jays, especially with, like I said, who they've got going on the mound is really good. From the Blue Jays' perspective, Cardinals have Michaelis and TBD at the moment. But back to this series for just a moment, the, the, the Cardinals did what they needed to do. This is the kind of team they can be. This is the kind of team they need to be. A team that beats up on the Pirates every game. A team that leaves no doubt, especially on Sunday. Scoring once in the first, a bunch of times in the second, and so on and so forth. They did not let up. They didn't let up defensively either. And some uh, some fun plays later in the game. They did not let up because they knew that they they cannot leave any doubt. Just right now, the Cardinals are the last playoff team in the National League. They need to be in a better spot as we get closer and closer. Memorial Day is next week, and usually, you know, statistics and history will, will tell you the playoff picture on Memorial Day tends to be the playoff picture come October. So this. It might have just looked like a series in May, a random series in May. It was against the Pirates in Pittsburgh. You might not have thought much of the series, but I really think that this series was really important for St. Louis going forward, and we learned some good things about the Cardinals, and they did some really good things on the field that they can take with them to future series. Now, I've talked a lot about the generalizations. I've talked about a couple different points, so we're going to get specific what I liked about this weekend not necessarily go game by game, but kind of go performance by performance, if you will. So talking, breaking down the series, because there's a lot to like about this Cardinal team from this series. So before I do that, though, I do want to tell you a little bit about a special product from Built Bar, because Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. They've got this new brownie batter puff coming out. It's already out, so you can order it now. It's delicious. I love brownies. My fiance loves brownies, so we eat a lot of brownies. You know that I've already got these ordered, and they're coming because I love brownies. I love eating healthy. I like tasting food a little bit more. Built Bar gives me both because Built Bar is 100% tasty and 100% healthy because with 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, and just 7 grams of sugar, brownie batter puffs are the perfect pick-me-up for any day. Cannot wait to get my hands on as many of these as I can get because if, if you don't know what I'm talking about with a Built Bar Puff, Built Bar Puffs is a protein-infused marshmallow. You heard me right, because the Puff takes protein bars to a whole new level. They are available right now at Built.com. 
These are Built Puffs covered in 100% in real chocolate, just like all Built Bars. So the the brownie batter puff will have you completely forgetting that you're enjoying a protein bar. That's what good these things are. So go to Built.com to get your brownie puffs now or any other Built Bar product. You can't go wrong. Be sure to whatever you're ordering, use the promo code LOCKED15. L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% off your order. Once again, use that promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. I know I I I said we weren't going to go game by game, but we are going to start with Friday because Adam Wainwright was the best starter over the weekend for the St. Louis Cardinals. He has incredible numbers in PNC Park. He had a 30, I think it got up to 38 inning scoreless streak at PNC Park before giving up the home run to Chavis in the seventh inning. But he goes seven solid. He gives up four hits, just the one earned run. He did walk three, struck out three. Season ERA down to 2.87. Got his fifth win on the year. The Cardinals needed to start like that really every day this weekend. They only got it with Adam Wainwright. But this just goes again to, to prove the kind of competitor, the kind of pitcher that Adam Wainwright is. He is somebody that when you need somebody to go six, seven, eight innings, Adam Wainwright more times than not is going to give you that. He was able to set up the bullpen to be rested the rest of the series. Because after that, you got Cabrera who struggled, gave up three hits, two runs, just one of those was earned. And then Gallegos had to eat up five outs. And talk about Gallegos in just a moment. But Wainwright was the best starter this weekend. You might, you know, obviously Rondon pitched five innings, pitched to, you know, the first batter of the game after Matt had to get out to the injury, but he was not the starter. So I gave the best starter of the weekend to Adam Wainwright. He set the tone for the series. He was kept his team in the game, gave him a chance to win. It was a huge positive. And I'm, I'm going to move now, keep it on pitching. But another huge positive the bullpen this weekend. How phenomenal, by and large, was the bullpen. This one, we're going to go game by game. I mentioned his name already. Giovanni Gallegos, a day, just one day, after he gives up the game-winning home run to Pete Alonso, demoralizing fashion, confidence might be shaken. He comes in, pitches five outs, an inning and two-thirds. You know how he got all five outs? Strikeout. That is how you bounce back. That is how you prove to everybody that, hey, I'm still the closer. This is still my gig. I'm still the guy. I've still got the lights out slider. I've still got the electric fastball. I might work slow as hell, <laughs> but I've still got the stuff to be this team's closer. Now, I know Ryan Helsley came in on Saturday to get the save. That was largely due to Giovanni Gallegos' workload. But the bounce back effort by Gallegos was phenomenal. I think because it was all the way back on Friday, we're forgetting about it. But this is me reminding you that Giovanni Gallegos that was not easy for him to do. Five batters, five punch-outs, especially given what he went through just a day prior. That was incredible for him, incredible for the rest of the bullpen, I think, as well. Because you fast forward to Saturday, Matthew Liebertor, talk about him in depth in a little bit, in a little bit but Matthew Liebertor didn't get lit up, but he didn't dominate. Gets charged with four earned runs, two walks, three punch-outs, a home run, the inside-the-park home run that... Maybe O'Neill catches. Maybe an outfielder not named Corey Dickerson catches. But regardless, it dropped for a home run. But then you have Drew Verhagen come in. He goes two and a third. Doesn't give up a hit. Walks a batter. Gets two punch outs. Andre Pallante, he goes an inning with a punch out. 
And then Ryan Helsley slams the door with his second save of the season and a punch out. So five and third scoreless innings for the bullpen. Correction, four and a third. Can't count, sorry. Four and a third scoreless innings for the bullpen on Saturday after the Cardinals offense didn't score a run past the fourth inning. They had a four-run second, one run in the fourth, and that was it. So it got a little tense, got a little tight. But the bullpen Saturday was phenomenal, which brings me to the bullpen on Sunday, which was in rough shape, but you still had Angel Rondon come in and just eat five innings. That was phenomenal for this bullpen. Because if if he would have only been able to go on two or three, who knows what this bullpen would have been like. And the offense as well allowed Marmol to make these kind of decisions. But Rondon ate up those innings. That's a to talk about tough situations to come into. I already talked about Gallegos and his mental situation and what he was coming into and out of. But talk about this one. Your starting pitcher throws four pitches. You're kind of sitting back, relaxing. You're thinking, all right, Matt will probably go five or six. Rondon's probably not expecting a pitch today. At least I wouldn't have expected him to pitch today. He was recalled today. Or Sunday, excuse me. I'm recording this Sunday. But he gets the call, answers the bell. Took him a little bit to get settled in. But he goes five strong and just... It was a godsend for this bullpen. That was huge. What else was else was huge Sunday? TJ McFarland. He gave up three hits, gave up a walk, struck out two, but he ate three innings. He threw 58 pitches, 33 of those for strikes. So maybe you'd like to see a little bit more control. But with the season he has had, that performance by him Sunday was good, not only for him, but for the team, twofold. Because, yes, he was able to eat innings and save the bullpen. But maybe he found something in those three innings that's saying, hey, this is why I've been off track this season. This is why I wasn't able to be successful this season. He got four ground outs in those three innings. Versus Rondon, who got three flyouts in five innings. McFarland, the performance he gave today, Sunday, was good not only for the team eating innings, but him as well. So he'll probably... Be unavailable until the series at Milwaukee after throwing 58 pitches. I don't even recall him getting close to 40, let alone let close to 60. But that was that was phenomenal by him. That was absolutely a phenomenal job by the Cardinal left-handed reliever that just four or five days ago, I was saying, maybe you send him down, maybe you DFA him, you move on. He comes out and does this, proves me wrong. Again, this was one start, and it was against, or one appearance, and it was against the Pirates. But now you're thinking, well, maybe we can give him another chance. Maybe it's fool's gold. Maybe I'm just, you know, liking the new shiny object with the three shutout innings. But you can't send him down. You can't get rid of him after a performance like that, in my opinion. You just can't. So that was all the pitching positives. I'll talk about Libertor a little bit in segment three. Not that he was a negative, but it is something about where we go from here, and I want to talk about that in that segment. So let's talk about, talk about offensively. Paul Goldschmidt did not play on Sunday. Even though the Cardinals scored 18 runs and it was arguably their one of their better offensive performances all year, even though a week ago they scored 15 runs against the Giants. But Paul Goldschmidt had himself a series regardless. He was four for five on Saturday. He drove in two, had batting averages up now at 342, his OPS at 975. He had two doubles in that game, both against Quintana. Just continued his blazing start. You go all the way back to Friday as well on a 5-3 Cardinal win. 
Paul Goldschmidt remaining on fire. He went one for four that day, but still made an impact. He's on base now, I think, 29 or 30 games in a row. 14, 15 game hitting streak, something like that. It seems that whenever Nolan Arenado cools off, Paul Goldschmidt heats up and vice versa. So he was solid, especially on Saturday. And Tommy Evan at the top as well, he's settled in. He started out at the top of the lineup to start the season. He struggled. You move Carlson up there. He was good. Carlson started to struggle. Edmund moves back down in the lineup. He starts to improve. And now we're seeing, I think, Tommy Edmund, in my opinion, at his best. Getting on base, stealing a couple bags. Because even though it ended up being an 18-4 blowout win today, first inning. He reaches, steals a bag, Gorman drives him in. But let's look at him game by game. At the top of the lineup, at the shortstop position on Friday, or excuse me, on Saturday. Actually, you know, let's go back to to Friday the 20th. Cardinals win Friday. Yeah, that's just Friday the 20th, excuse me. Edmund goes two for three. You're, my goodness, two for five. Scores a run. That's great. You go forward to Saturday. If I get my mouse to work. The Tommy Edmund in a five to four Cardinal win. Tommy Edmund, uh, again, at the top of the lineup, goes two for five, drives in a run, and he played second, center field, and then back to second. Versatile. Tommy Edmund is the definition of versatile and can play all over the diamond. And then today, on Sunday's game, again, at the top of the lineup, he goes three for six, scores three runs, drives in two, mentioned that he swiped a bag. Tommy Edmund has been positive. Huge positive. And to his left, at second base, Nolan Gorman has been a positive start to his major league career. The only way that he could have been off to a better start for his career, Nolan Gorman, would be if he hit a home run. (laughs) But through three games, Nolan Gorman has impressed tenfold. Tenfold for Nolan Gorman. He is taking advantage of this opportunity. In his first weekend series, he goes 5 for 10, scores four runs, drives in one. You know how many times he struck out this weekend, too? One. Struck out one time. And it was just one weekend. A lot of career left. A lot of season left. So we're going to see the strikeouts come. But I thought, for all the hype around him and for all the talk about his strikeout and how that's a real possibility, man, he didn't show it this weekend. Huge positive for Nolan Gorman. We saw the power to, to deep center field on a couple doubles. He had it through the shift. You can just see the strong capability that Nolan Gorman has. And again, he's just another one of these check marks that the Cardinals had this weekend. Offense, check. Pitching, check. Individual offense. Goalie, check. Gorman, check. Donovan, check. And talk about Albert Pujols. After he goes 0 for 5 on Saturday with three punch outs. He even talked about it on the Peacock broadcast. He turns around, pinch hits for Nolan Arnado, goes 2 for 3, drives in 4, hits 2 home runs. One of them was against a position player, I get it. These home runs still count. Bader's home run against a position player. You know what? These runs still count, so it's fine. But Pujols looks to be locked in a little bit more. Likely won't see him until the Milwaukee series. But there are just so many different boxes for the Cardinals to check this weekend that they, were, that they did successfully. So many questions that were answered this weekend, or at least you say now they have the potential to answer them long term. This Cardinal team is an intriguing one. They're not necessarily one of the best in the division or one of the best in the National League right now, but they've shown the potential that they can be. Now it's time 
to prove it against other teams that are the best in their league with the Blue Jays, one of, you know, top team, and a team in your division and the Brewers and a team playing good baseball in the Padres. So where do the Cardinals go from here? Because a lot of boxes were checked successfully, but baseball is all about the long game. Sure, the Cardinals had a really nice weekend series in May against the Pirates, huge positive, a lot of good things. Where do they go from here? Because there are some big question marks that still need to be answered, still with the starting pitching. So if you're on YouTube, or excuse me, if you're on a podcasting platform, we'll be back in just a minute before we hear a word from our great sponsors. So hang tight. We'll be back in just a quick moment on your podcasting platforms. The Steven Matz injury today, that's, that's where I want to start with where the Cardinals go from here. That's the one that's most intriguing to me. Because while Steven Matz had, has had his blow-up starts, he's also had it, you know, in his three wins, he's been really, really good. He's either really good or really bad at his starts. There might be an argument to say he's either somewhat good or really bad. But either way, there is that all-or-nothing feel to it like the offense has. But the Cardinals have a couple options if he's forced to go on the I.L. for a long time. And I thought it was interesting when Marmar was asked about it that he knew that this was a possibility. If you missed the game, uh, they, they did an interview with Marmar, I believe in the third inning. And they asked him about Stephen Matson. He said, yeah, he came back from his bullpen and said it was a little bit stiff, but he was still good to go. So he, he wasn't going to risk it, Marmar said. So that, that was just a little interesting to me. Not that it was handled incorrectly, but it was interesting to me that he knew about it and maybe he was prepared. Maybe Rondon was ready, but if Matt goes on the I.L., you've got two options. Rondon, who's already at the bigs, or Libertor. Based on their performances this weekend, you go Rondon. Let's not forget that Rondon was a minor league pitcher of the year for the Cardinals. It was three years ago. So Rondon isn't just some guy the Cardinals brought up and he impressed. He's a guy that has pitched extremely well at the minor league levels. But you've got to think to yourself here, the reason that I would go Libertor to replace Steven Matz. A couple different reasons. Number one, the Cardinals are clearly higher on Libertor because he's a higher-ranked prospect and has a higher ceiling than Rondon. And I thought the stuff played on Saturday. thought the curveball looked sharp, got a couple Ks on it. thought the slider was good, got a K on that as well. I thought it looked good. He got unlucky a couple times. The control wasn't always there. You know, the fastball control, secret control wasn't there fully for Matthew Libertor. And that's kind of been the, the MO on him in recent years that, yeah, he's got the stuff where he just needs the fastball control. But I thought the stuff played pretty well. He walked two batters on Saturday, the, you know, in four and two thirds of an inning. But the other reason I go, it's kind of simple, might be a little simplistic, might be a little naive, might be a little just kind of weird. In my opinion, you need a lefty in your rotation. You need to be able to, to switch it up from what these guys are seeing every other day. And Libertor would replace the lefty that Matt's, if you lose him, he would be with that replacement. I'm not saying send Rondon down, because clearly he impressed enough to stay, and I think he warrants to stay up at the major league level, but make him your long man, your reliever. And maybe if you're unimpressed with Hicks after another start or two, Rondon slides into that slot. Because it sounds like Matt's issue is with his shoulder, not an oblique, which is what Evans was worried about on the broadcast. So the, the, that injury has the potential to be detrimental if Libertor or Rondon 
aren't able to fill that spot adequately. So the Cardinals on Monday, regardless of, you know, of Matt's or what decision they make with Matt's, whether they make it Monday or not, they need some length out of Miles Michaelis tomorrow. I mean, he's, the, you know, since Wainwright started on Friday, you can't turn him around on three days. But so the, the reason I say that is Michaelis is the guy the Cardinals need to, tomorrow. Outside of Wainwright, Michaelis would be the number two option, in my opinion, to the answer to the question. You need length out of your starter. Who are you going with in your rotation? Michaelis is that guy. Michaelis is indeed that guy. So the Cardinals need length tomorrow. But also, where do you go from here offensively speaking? Because you've got some, some question marks that are going to be coming your way here shortly when O'Neal gets back. Because everybody who the Cardinals have called up or have put in their lineup, they've impressed. Brendan Donovan, solid. Juan Yepes, solid. Norlin Gorman in a short time, just three games, 10 at-bats, impressive. Defensively as well. Nolan Gorman started a double play Friday night or, or Saturday, I forget which game. Looked smooth doing it. For a little 4-6-3. I think that was Friday night. So you've got these questions of when O'Neill comes back, someone's got to go. And Sosa had a couple hits today, but you really start thinking, is it Edmundo Sosa? So that's a question for a little bit later on. But the bullpen now has a little bit of momentum as we start to wrap up the show. The bullpen for the St. Louis Cardinals now has some momentum, has some good starts to back themselves up. Time to use that momentum, time for that success to be contagious. You're probably you're not going to see Verhagen at least to, to, on Monday. You maybe could see him Tuesday. But you're going to have Helsley rested and ready to go. You're going to have Gallegos rested and ready to go. You're going to have Cabrera rested and ready to go. So your big three are going to be solid. You're going to have options out of this bullpen late in the game. Your your middlemen might not all be rested and ready. But where do we go from here with, with the bullpen in terms of how are they going to continue to find success? Because the New York Mets series, they did not find success. Bullpen has been solid all year. We're starting to see it strain a little bit. They picked it up this weekend. I think they can continue to pick it up. I'm high on this bullpen. I think this bullpen can be really, really good. I've talked about that. Seemingly since the moment last season ended, and that was before we've seen the dominance of Ryan Helsley. But the bottom line here for me is that we've seen, we now know, if you didn't before, now you do, the Cardinals can beat bad teams. They can take two out of three against the Reds. They can sweep the Pirates on the road. Yeah, they lost to Baltimore, but for the most part, they can take care of business against bad teams. They took the season series against Kansas City. Now it's time to prove with a really tough schedule coming up, it's time to prove that you can beat the, the good teams to really good teams as well, or at minimum, compete with them. And that'll be the, the main talking point of tomorrow's show, as well as previewing the Toronto Blue Jays series, as it's going to be a competitive one. It's going to be a tough series for the Cardinals, but... Talk about why I think they can at least win game one and talk about how they can win both and take the short series against Toronto. So be sure to tune back in to that on tomorrow's episode. Be sure to make your second listen today. Locked on MLB with our pal Sully as he takes you throughout the majors, gives you his unique perspective, both past and present. Thanks for tuning in to Locked on Cardinals on this Monday. Until I talk to you guys on Tuesday, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.